You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. I'm ready to share the word. I hope you are as excited about receiving as I am about sharing it. Our church's 2021 theme, our emphasis for this year, has been essential. We came out of the 2020 era where many people, many events, things that we were telling they were non-essential. Telling somebody you're a non-essential worker. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. This church put a priority on understanding the fact that there are things that are essential. And it's clearly up to God to determine what's essential in our life. And it's not left up to some power-hungry governor sitting on his tyrant seat making decisions about who's essential and who's not. You've got to be kidding me. So when this year rolled around, we said, wait a minute, we're going to talk about what's essential. Well, now that this year is winding down, my mind's running 100 miles an hour. Wait a minute, this is essential. We can't leave this year without talking about this. We can't leave this year without talking about that. Don't let this year end without this topic for sure. Today, I want to look at the fact that the Bible is essential. I mean, how can we talk about what's essential this year without talking about the Bible? So I, this is a strange title for a sermon. I don't guess I've ever preached a sermon entitled The Bible. Now, I use it quite often, uh, but, but I don't, the sermon title today is just The Bible. And, and we've, the, the problem is we've lost an understanding of the Bible's position and place in our lives, its role in our lives. And as we look at the Bible, we look at what God's word to us, we got to see its role in our life. And there are two points that I want to make today. Two points. Number one, the Bible is a standard for us. The Bible is a standard. And number two, the Bible is seed. It is seed. And I want to look at those two very quickly today. Surveys show 94% of adult Americans own a Bible. 47% of American households have three or more Bibles. When asked to list holy books, 84% of Americans listed the Bible. 4% listed the Koran, 2% listed the Book of Mormon, 2% listed the Torah, but 84% of Americans listed the Bible. When asked... Is America in more need of the Bible today than ever before? 91% of Americans say yes. When asked, how much more do you want your children to learn about the Bible? 61% of parents said very, very much more. 34% of the parents said some more. Well, that's 95% of parents that want their kids to know a little more about what the Bible says. Well, what's happening? Uh, Right now, what's happening here? I want to look at this. I recently had an eye-opening experience. And I had a lady after first service said, was that just a, a point for your sermon? Did that really happen to you? This happened. 
I had an eye-opening experience that happened to me. I called a guy. I saw his number. He sold firewood. And I called a guy who sells firewood on the phone. And I say, I would like to buy two cords of wood. How much will that be? He said, oh, I don't sell firewood like that. I sell it by the pickup load. To which I said, firewood is sold by the cord, by the rick, or by the bundle. A cord is four feet high, 16 feet long. A rick is four feet high, eight feet long. And a bundle is five sticks wrapped in a rope that you buy in front of a convenience store for one fire. My question is, what do I get with a pickup load? To which he said, you get a pickup load. To which I said, would that be a Ford Ranger? Would that be a half ton? Would that be a three-quarter ton? Would that be with a big toolbox in the back of your bed? Without a toolbox. Would that be with a dual set of wheels located up in the bed of your truck? Or a dual set of wheels on the outside of the bed of your truck? Would that be, you consider a load just under the bed? Do you consider a load even with the bed? Or do you consider a load mounted above the bed? And if you consider it mounted above the bed, how high would that mound be? He said, Sir, I just bring you a load, a pickup load of firewood. That's how I sell it. To which I said, That's not how I buy it. And I hung up the phone. And then I stared at the ceiling and thought, I'm going to preach on this right here that just happened to me because I didn't know what else to do except just start writing a sermon in my head. This conversation unraveled on us before it ever got started. For life to work, for all of us in every area of life, there has to be standards that are the same for everybody. Now would be a time for you to applaud Self-confident speakers don't mind asking for applause when they don't get it. So, You can't buy, you can't sell, you can't build, you don't operate in life. We can't exist together with everybody deciding what's a pickup load. On stage with me today is a level, a square. Measuring cups, tape measures, a needle for vaccines, some of you kids, an air gauge for a tire. On this table with me today is the Bible, is scales, and is a plumb line. And these are just a few standards that I put on this table today. Because when you sell a dozen eggs and you buy a dozen eggs, everybody needs to know how many eggs are in that box. You don't just sell some eggs. There are rights and there are wrongs that standards reveal. 
When I look, I mean, when I go to look at a 2,100 square foot home, somebody has a 2,100 square foot home for sale. When I walk in and I say, this is 1,500 square feet, I don't need to hear, well, I believe, well, I feel, well, I think. I don't need to hear any of those words about what you believe or feel or think. When a two-pound bag of flour or sugar is bagged and a person buys a two-pound bag of flour or sugar, we all need to know exactly what we're going to get. When you buy a 10-pound bag of potatoes, when you bag a 10-pound bag of potatoes, how I feel has nothing to do with that exchange. The tire manufacturer makes a 15-inch tire that holds 32 pounds of air pressure in it. I can buy that tire and know it will fit my car and know how much air goes in that tire when I get it home. Life won't work any other way for us except we have universal standards that is held by everybody. Life won't work with a pickup load. Just the last couple of weeks, a neighbor down the road was building two rock columns for an entryway. And the first thing that those rock layers did, the very first thing they did, was set up a plumb line. It's a line that hangs just like this. That is a plumb line, and it shows you plumb. That is a universal line. It shows plumb. Now, when I start to lay, you're thinking, he got down. I'm waiting to see you get back up. I know you thought that. You're thinking, I'm waiting to list. This will be a show. I roll over my back. I start rocking. I look for something. When the guy starts to lay these rocks, he lays the first rock, reaches and gets the next rock, and that can be only that far off. And you can't tell it. It's close but it's only that far off. Then he gets the next rock, and it's close, but it's still only that far off. And he gets the next rock, and you can't tell that rock is off because it looks good to him. But what happens is when you get down the road in life, this column is going to start going like this. Every rock you lay, you measure from the plumb line. You lay a rock, and you check that plumb line. You lay a rock and you check that plumb line. And when you get six feet tall, you will have... Are y'all getting this? You've got to have... Life don't... Are you applauding my sermon or the fact that I got up? I'll take it either way. Old meat's tough meat. You need to remember that, young people. When I watch a block layer laying blocks... And I walk up and I say, you're off. I say, you're wrong. I say, what he is doing is wrong because I can see by the plumb line that his block work is off. I'm not judging him. I'm, it's not my opinion. It's not that I am just too black and white. 
And it's not that I'm intolerant. This plumb line here shows me your rock work is off. I ordered 20 two-befores 10 feet. You showed up with 10 one-befores 8 feet. You're wrong. You're wrong. I, it's not 8 feet. It's 10 feet. It's not 1 inch. It's 2 inches. You're just too intolerant. This tape shows me that you're wrong. When the recipe calls for a half a cup of butter, a half a cup of sugar, you can know if you're pouring that on cardboard, this is going to taste good. No, the point was, if the recipe calls for a fourth of a cup of sugar, and it calls... For a third of a... Are you getting this? It's, it's not intolerant. It's not too black and white. It's not too confining. It's the way it works. Who wrote the recipe? Who died and left them king? Who has the right to decide for me how much butter, how much sugar, how much... But who has the right to tell me? Look, it's not old-fashioned. It's not outdated. This square is not an old-fashioned element. It is a standard for measuring square. It is a standard, and we don't ever get to the place in culture where this won't measure level. Are you getting this today? We have standards, and the crisis that we are dealing with in America right now is all due to the fact that America is trying to build houses without using standards of measurement. Your life can't be built. Not your kids, not your family, not your marriage, not your finances, not your peace, not your joy. Not Your life can't be built without standards of measure. The measuring cup is not for just one day a week the hour that you have cooking class. That's real good. The the ruler is not for just one day a week when you are in an engineering class. It's, It's not just for that class time only. Regardless of what you're doing, if you are packaging, if you are buying, if you, all of life, requires standards that are set for everybody. And yes, you are free. I get that. But you're not free to choose your own standards because that affects everybody. One gallon is one gallon. And if you don't measure one gallon right, it affects everybody. Are you hearing this? Your definition of gender is not just up to you. It affects everybody. Who are the police looking for? Are they looking for a man? Are they looking for a woman? Who is the classroom teacher supposed to address? Are you getting this? See, you, you, there are standards that don't change. There, it, it, I get it. 
my 1970s bell bottoms, my platform shoes, and my ponytail, I'll give it to you. That was cultural. I get that. I'm not wearing those anymore. But there are standards of measurement. There are standards of measurement in our life that don't change because they're not cultural. This doesn't have anything to do with the culture that we're in today. Americans have compartmentalized secular and religious in our mind and believe that these two don't mix. The Bible is simply for religious times, Sunday morning for the preacher to read out of, and maybe a rare funeral or another time we might need it. Other than that, the Bible is not applicable in life. Well, then neither is this tape measure. It is only for the times that you're in engineering class. And those are for the engineers to use in their class. But in daily life, this is not applicable. That's not applicable in our daily life. Yes, we own a Bible. Yes, we go to church. And I'm okay because I own a Bible. But I'm leaving engineering class and never using the ruler again. The thinking of the Bible, the looking at the Bible for how to run a business, operate a family, raise children, handle your money, a definition of marriage, the structure of government, the limitations of government, gun control, self-defense, the thought that we should look to the Bible for right thoughts, wrong thoughts, right words, wrong words. Those are words that you don't say. You put those words out of your vocabulary. See, the, the, the idea that we look to the Bible to get that is just like a guy in engineering class never referring back to a tape measure in real life. We have spiritual moments in our life. We have spiritual encounters with the Holy Spirit in our life. And we sense the Holy Spirit in a youth group or in a in a revival or in a church service. We sense the Holy Spirit's movement in our life, but we don't understand the essential part that the Bible plays in every thought that we think. The first thing that a rock layer does before he starts laying the first rock is set up a plumb line. Amos 7 says the Word of God is a plumb line for our life. The first thing a contractor does before he ever starts with a house is he shoots some grades. He drives some stakes. He puts up some perimeters. Call the concrete company and just say, bring me some concrete. How much? Pick up load. Where do you want it? Dump it out there on my lot and see how far the home building gets. Before you ever start, the first thing you do is establish boundaries. Boundaries are not confining. They're not negative. They're not ruining your life. They're not keeping you teenagers from having any fun. They are enabling life to work for you because you can't go in your backyard and play a game of tag football without setting up. That's out of bounds. That's out of bounds. That's the end zone. That's the end zone. We have to have boundaries to live life. 
And the first thing we do before building a house, the first thing we do before us going out in the backyard and playing football, a tag football game, and the first thing that we do before starting anything is refer to the Bible and find our boundaries of you don't dribble the ball past this line. You can't just take off and go running up through the neighborhood with the ball. You're out of bounds. Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It judges our innermost thoughts and desires. Everybody's heard that scripture before. Well, hold on a second. Let's just hold on a second. Let's read it again. First of all, the Word of God. Did you hear me? The Word of God. It's not the Bible. It is the Word of God to you on how you live your life. It's the Word of God. Let's move on. It's alive. Doesn't mean that it's dead. It's powerful. Doesn't mean it's not effective. It cuts. It divides. Look at the next word. It judges. Who are you to judge me? Who are you to judge me? I'm not judging anybody. I'm reading the standard to you. I'm not judging your rock work. I am showing you this plumb line says you're off. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you by the grades that we just shot, that board is off. It's not a me judging you. Where do, come on, we're going to have to reel this back in in our thinking. Amos 7 says the Word of God is a plumb line in our life, a scale, a measuring cup, a tape measure, and we understand this. Are you judging me? Well, if holding this up and telling you you're out means I'm judging you, then I guess you can say I'm judging you. All I'm doing is holding up the framing square. The sleeve you're sewing on a shirt is not according to the pattern. The board you're cutting is not the right length. Hold on. He just said he needed a three-foot board, and you just marked a line at four feet. Are you judging me? I'm just telling you, by this right here, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're not putting the right amount of air pressure in that tire. I paid for a gallon of milk, and this isn't a gallon. Church, that's not the fact that I'm biased. It's not the fact that I'm a redneck. It's not the fact that I'm hard-headed. And it's not the fact that, Tim, you are just too black and white. You see everything in black and white. If I paid for a gallon and you brought me a half a gallon, then I suppose I'm too black and white. I'm really getting frustrated with this title that I've been given of too black and white. A fourth of a cup is a fourth of a cup. And I don't know what else to tell you about that. And if we don't adhere to some standards, we're in a mess. 2 Timothy 3, 16. All Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to, 
get this, teach us what is true, make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. I put a a feed sack on these scales, and I am sacking feed in that scale. And I see by this right here, whoop, I'm wrong. I got to reach in and take this out because I put more than 50 pounds in there. The scales, it's not a negative thing. It just shows me I'm wrong. Wait a minute. This plumb line, it's not critical. It's not belittling me. It's not a negative thing. Whoop, that last rock I laid, those last two rocks I laid, those are wrong. And I've got to move those in a half an inch. Come on. Why can't we understand that? The scripture is useful. It will show. Yeah, I shouldn't use those words. Yeah, I can't be in anger and have a fun marriage. Yeah, I can't be in unforgiveness and not. See, it shows me I'm in unforgiveness right now. Well, the plumb line shows me I can't continue in that way or my pillar is going to get way off. For every builder to use his own measurements, for every pharmacist to use his own choice of measurements, for every gas station that programs his gas pumps, and you're standing there watching that gallon, two gallons, three gallons, four gallons. Maybe I'm too black and white, but I don't want whoever programmed that gas pump to do it as he personally feels. I want him staying with the standard of what a gallon is for all of us. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to give that cow 10 cc's once a day for three days. That's a unit of measurement on this syringe that everybody in the world can follow. I need a hundred studs to frame this wall up. I ordered 10 yards of material. I want 50 bales of hay delivered to my barn. And that 50 is the same for you. It's the same for me. And I'm looking for a way to say this that's not hard your feel like is not a consideration. And I don't mean to be hard. For, for you to be a pastor, you're the most insensitive person I know. I, I don't mean to be hard. I don't mean to be insensitive. I just paid for 50 bales of hay. And the fact that you felt like 37 was good, don't suit me. Now, however hard that is, I wish it wasn't, But here's what I expect you to do. See, the Bible corrects me when I'm wrong. No, that's not the definition of marriage. No, that's not the definition of gender. No, that's not 50 bales of hay. There is a universal measurement. There is a plumb line for all of us to work on. And I don't know what to do with your judging me. I guess, yes, I am judging you, but this level shows you're off, and we've got standards. Well, Tim, that's the Bible. That's not scales. The Bible is the moral scale in life. 
The Bible is the moral scale. My wife, walking down the sidewalk, carrying her purse by herself, is the Bible is a moral standard for all the teenage boys that are running by her. Do you get that? And I can't, I can't be in a society where those teenage boys running down the sidewalk beside her have a different moral standard than I adhere to. Because they felt perfectly at fine and at ease by shoving her down, grabbing her purse, and running off. She had money, they didn't. They owe life owes them some money, and they're perfectly justified in taking her purse. Except for we have a moral standard that says you're wrong and you can't do that. And no one is exempt from the moral standards of the Bible. And when we're in a, we're in a day and time where people are setting their own moral standards, life won't work for any of us. Psalms 119, 133. Guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome with evil. Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalms 107, 20. Send his word and it healed them and delivered them from their destruction. See, this is not meant to ruin your life, teenager. It's meant to deliver you from your destruction because that will fall on you. What you're building won't stand up. It will fall on you. This is not meant to ruin your life. It delivers you from destruction in your life. The point today, the Bible is not a holy book for holy occasions. The Bible governs our life just like one inch, one foot, and one mile. Just like one pint, one quart, one gallon. It governs our life. Quickly, the next point. The Bible is seed. Mark chapter 4. I don't have time to read that. Verse 3 through 13. Jesus tells the parable of the sower. Sowing seed. Some fell on bad soil, rocky soil, thorny soil. Some fell on good soil. Y'all, if you hadn't read it, read Mark chapter 4. The disciples didn't get it. They didn't get it at all. So in verse 13 through verse 20 of Mark chapter 4, Jesus explains and he said, God's word is seed. Okay, now what you've got to know about seed is it is designed to produce a harvest in your life. And depending on what kind of soil you put it in will depend upon the amount of harvest that you can reap in your life. God's word is seed and it's to do something. When you come to church and you hear God's word preached, you go home and that next week you take some words out of your vocabulary. See, that seed produces a harvest in your life. Whenever you go to church and you hear the word of God, what you do is you go and take those thoughts out of your head. And after being in church for one year, you entertain different. You think different. You talk different. See, after being under the Word in your life, it changes your life because the Word is seed. See, we all have a Bible on our coffee table, but what I'm telling you is it's not an ornate decorative piece. It is seed that is to be sown in your life 
and it's to produce a harvest. And the amount of harvest that happens for you will depend upon the receptiveness of the soil that you're putting the seed in. First, is the Bible your standard? It's not a lot of good if the carpenter owns a tape. It's not a lot of good if a carpenter believes in a tape measure. It's only good if he refers to it at every cut of every board. He's pulling the tape measure out. Is the Bible your standard? I'm not asking do you believe it. I'm not asking do you own one. What we're asking, is the Bible your standard for all of the thoughts that you allow to dwell in your head? Is the Bible your standard? Yes, I'm intolerant. Don't put 30,000 miles on my car and not change the oil. I want it changed at every 5,000 miles. And how much oil you put in it does not have anything to do with how you feel about it. Put six quarts in there. Six quarts is what you put back in there after you drain the oil out. Is the Bible your guide? Is it your standard? Is it your plumb line? The next question is, are you sowing it in your heart to produce a harvest in your life? There's just no way for us as a society to coexist together without us having a universal standard of what's right and what's wrong for everybody. And that doesn't matter what area of our life we're talking about. This year, our church has been talking about essentials in our life. Here's what I want you to know. The Word of God, the Bible, is a universal standard for us, and the morality that it gives is absolutely essential for us. I can't have one set of standards, and the three guys with a gun robbing me have another set of standards. I don't care what is in their heart or how right they personally feel about this issue. For the life that you're building to work, here's what I want you to know. The Bible is a standard. It is the standard, and the Bible is seed. Each day you live, with all you do, check, double check, and recheck with the Bible. Y'all stand. I need to send this message to my wood man. Lord, today we thank you for not putting us out here on this earth to fend for ourselves and just try to do the best we can. Thank you for not leaving it up to us to try to figure out right and wrong for ourselves. Lord, thank you for giving us direction, a lamp, a light. Thank you for giving us perimeters, boundary lines. Thank you, Lord, for giving us direction on when we're in and when we're out. Lord, thank you for correcting us when we're wrong. God, I don't see today wrong being negative. I see it being a wonderful thing when you tell me I'm wrong. Because down the road, I'll end up being way off. Lord, thank you for word of direction and a course direction in our life. Lord, forgive me for jumping up and doing what's right in my own eyes. 
Forgive me for leaning to a way that seemed right, but the end will lead to my destruction. Lord, today I submit myself to your word, and I see you as a standard for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.